Welcome to the Learning Every Day in Every Way Through Play podcast series. We're talking today about how to support learning within the family and across all learning areas. My name is Jackie Ward and I am the Early Learning Coordinator with the Department of Education and I'm here talking with my colleague, Therese. Hi, Jackie. Yes, I'm Therese Wynyard. I'm the Transition Advisor in uh, Early Learning and it's lovely to be here to talk about this important topic. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's it's really tricky when you've got, um, you know, lots of different children or you're trying to um, concentrate on trying to support children's learning in a variety of different ways to think about how do I bring it all together. So this uh, episode is really focused in on that, that it's about um, families supporting their children's learning from home and, and sometimes, as I said, engaging those multiple children. Um, it's helpful for us to see how different learning areas can get combined. So the one experience can be teaching a whole range of different things and how different learning across different age groups can be supported at the same time through everyday home activities. And also we're going to touch a little bit about how older children and younger children can support each other in their learning as well. So doesn't always have to be uh, led by the adult. Yeah, that's so true, Jackie. When we're talking about families here, we're talking about the whole family, aren't we? About older siblings, about grandparents, about aunties and uncles. But in this one particularly, I think we are looking at the way siblings and older siblings can be involved and learning through that themselves, as well as uh, helping the younger ones to learn. But all families are uh, different and Sometimes multiple siblings all learning at different ages and stages can, families can see that as how am I ever going to manage to do all this learning with these children? Um, some families might even have English as another language, Jackie, um, or they may have children learning with uh, difficulty learning or with a disability. So there's lots and lots of different challenges can be thrown into the mix of lots of families out there. So this podcast looks at how families can really support the learning across all those ages, all those abilities, all those stages. Um, and many home activities really support sophisticated concepts and learning from early childhood right through to a more formal school curriculum. So all at the same time, as you said, Jackie. Sort of everyday learning really bundles up all that learning from all different areas into one real learning experience. And the sophisticated learning that comes from that can be quite amazing. Sometimes um, I think it's a bit like that John Lennon song, Jackie, where he says, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Sometimes I think it's a bit like learning is what happens in families while you're busy doing your daily things. Definitely. I, I definitely think I've referred to it in some of the other episodes as incidental learning. It's happening while, you know, things are going on. And if you're not necessarily aware of it, uh, you don't necessarily make the few tweaks and say the few supportive things or, you know, guide children or provide the right experiences if you didn't know that learning was happening. So that's kind of the point of this whole series, isn't it? The idea of making learning visible. Um, so, you know, it's something that's happening and you know that it's chugging away while all of the chores are getting done. Appreciating that learning while it's happening and, and understanding how adults' reactions or older children's reactions really support that learning further and encourage it and, um, and you know, make the learning even more worthwhile. That awareness is really so important, I think. 
Yeah, and I think it really um, comes back to some of the things that we talked about in our very first episode about making it fun and making it engaging. You know, children like to see um, and do things that they see other family members doing, you know, the idea that they want to play with the real keys rather than the plastic toy keys or, you know, they want to, when they're younger, they want to help with cooking and chores and things because they're interested in those everyday kind of um, experiences because those are the experiences that help them to learn the skills that they need to be you know, successful and functioning in their life as they as they progress. So it's a it's a real motivating factor, I guess, for children to be involved in that. And quite often this is where we see a little bit of that competition with siblings too, isn't it? That the yeah. younger child wants to do, you know, the same thing as the older child or the older child wants to do something that the younger child is doing because that's where we can see it's quite obvious that the siblings are learning from each other. So it's important to make that consideration I guess and I did want to say a little something too there and I'm not sure I think you might be going to say it a little bit further on but so I apologize but just even the idea that you mentioned about um, you know if, if families speak another language you know so it's a really good opportunity I think for children to learn some of these concepts and learn this language at home if they don't already speak it maybe they're good at listening to their home language but not necessarily speaking what a great opportunity to use this um, learning from home platform for children to learn their language but also learn the things that we're talking about here as in measurement and directions and things in their home language as well so Definitely, Jackie. I think families are becoming so, so much more aware of the value of talking to children in their home language if they have another language. And what a wonderful, wonderful gift to give to your children that they can actually function in that language as well as English. So, you know, it's appreciating the value of using your home language when you're talking with your children when in their everyday activities. So it's a really important thing and a really wonderful thing to be able to do if you have that ability. Yeah, that's right. And even, um, you know, there's there's always a lot of concern, I think, for families that um, have English as, um, you know, their second language to think, oh, no, I'm really keen for my children to learn English, which, of course, that is important and they will do that when, you know, when they attend their, um, their preschool or their school. But um, they can actually, at that younger age, manage learning both languages so easily at that time. So it's a great opportunity to do that. And even if you don't have, if you're growing up in a family where you don't have a second language, it's still a really good time to, to learn another language because of the way the brain works. Absolutely, Jackie. It's such a incredible age of learning in that early stages and especially for language. It's just amazing the way the children learn it. And if families are able to give that gift to their children as well. What a wonderful opportunity, as you say. Yeah, and I think we we did get a little sidetracked there, but I did want to sort of reinforce that idea, bring it back to the sort of the podcast. I think it was in the last episode where we talked about this whole sort of um, series is underpinned by our image of the child. So we think about children as being capable and competent. So if we if we add that together with learning through routines and we support children to do things for themselves and to, you know, get involved in cooking or, um, you know, sorting out the washing or whatever it might be, chores that we might traditionally think are, you know, not something that young children might be able to do, then we're actually supporting them to know themselves as capable and confident 
as well as, you know, all those learning. And, of course, being then well-equipped, you know, if you learn how to cook when you're a young person, that stays with you for your whole life. You now know how to cook meals, you know, for yourself as an adult. Uh, cooking's just such a fantastic example, Jackie. It's sort of a can be a planned activity, or it's something that really happens in most houses every day. Um, but it's all about maths and science and language and reading. Um, and at the end of it, you get something to eat as well, and the family's been fed. I think engaging children in um, cooking it really allows you to involve all the children from all the different ages at their different levels. But there's also strong cultural connections and and getting used to uh, traditional food uh, that the family um, usually makes. And there's links to um, understanding good nutrition as well and eating well. Really, really important things for later in life as well as really important learning now. And it makes, you know, concepts in maths and um, language and science really real. For example, uh, in maths, having to weigh all the uh, ingredients and measure them, looking at the capacity and the numbers, the fractions, you know, all of that sort of thing. And what about science, all the science in cooking? So when we're cooking, we're getting perhaps melting some butter and we're changing states from solid to liquid or boiling and what temperature does it boil at? It's also about chemistry and chemical reactions. It's a wonderful learning opportunity, cooking. It's great that you mentioned that one. And so how do we make cooking activity relevant to a really young child and maybe to um, an older child, for example, a child in year four at the same time? As you said before, Jackie, each child really takes understandings and skills from the activity at their own level. So the younger child may be learning about the cup and how many cups of something has to go in, while the older child might be really focusing on um, the actual measures of it, the 250 mil measure. Or you can sometimes make it a bit more challenging and maybe the recipe requires uh, 750 mils of something and you can only find the 250 mil cup. So the older child needs to work out all the maths to work out how, how many cups to put in. Yeah, that's a really good point. I was thinking the same thing. You know, if it requires one cup, you could say, well, what are the different combinations we could do? If you've got a third of a cup and a quarter of a cup, you know, you could get an older child doing, you know, well, how many of these will we need to make one cup if it's a quarter cup, you know? There's lots of different ways to mix it up. Um, And, again, if the child's even younger than sort of preschool age, you know, they might be the ones that are helping to put it into the mixer or whatever it is, you know? So. It's a, it's a great opportunity to do both, isn't it, to integrate different children in the one experience with learning and um, differentiate the learning within it. And it's also an opportunity to, you know, cover off on a range of subject or content areas as well. Yeah, it's a really good example, cooking. And arranging the food, you know, it's one of the world's most important art forms, I think, Jackie. <laughs> that is true. I do wish I'd learned a few more plating skills myself, but it's very, very fashionable now, isn't it, with all the cooking yeah. shows to present food beautifully. Really well, yeah. Yeah, a good yeah. opportunity to be a bit creative and imaginative. Yeah, so it's got everything in there. But it's not just planned activities either, is it, Jackie? It could be things like, you know, you're just watching um, the news and it's about looking at the weather forecast for tomorrow and working out what, we, what we'll what need to wear. Uh, I know today uh, at my house it was quite chilly. I wasn't expecting it. The wind chill factor was a bit 
a bit high. So it was a very cold day. So, you know, you can talk about whether or not we think that the prediction um, that was given, you know, the night before on the news is is was accurate the next day. And, and you know, you can compare the data. You could be tracking it and charting it. Um, you know, if it has the little cloud over the sunshine, was it cloudy and sunny? Again, that's a great way to differentiate it for older and younger children. The older child could be tracking the data and recording it. The younger child could be just, you know, be the one that reports on whether or not the sun was out or the clouds were there or, you know, talking about the language that meteorologists use, cold fronts and wind direction and, you know, even just even if you don't know the answers to those things, good opportunity to look those answers up and, and why does the wind move things around or how does that work, how do wind currents work and all those sorts of things. And, again, an older child could be the researcher. Uh, the younger child could be posing the questions, all of those sorts of things, thinking about if that's something that they're interested in, how do you become a meteorologist and would that be something that they would like to do. It's a great opportunity to explore opportunities for future careers in these sorts of experiences as well if children are taking an interest. Yeah, projecting themselves into that in the future and, and thinking about those things. And it's just all about that family communication and relationships too, isn't it, as you're discussing these things and building building relationships and building trust with each other and, um, you know, it's all about having fun together as well as the family, as we said before, and we've said all the way through the, through the podcast. And there's been great examples, I think, that we've talked about here, and there's so, so many more. I've seen great examples um, of great musical performances where families have got together and done a performance and shared it with their friends or dancing routines or creative ideas. And so much that can come just from that play situation that we're, we're so passionate about, Jackie, that we've talked about through this series about encouraging play, about uh, being aware that when children are playing without you, they're still learning, but that also when you can find the time to play with them, how valuable that is when adults or aunts and uncles, older brothers and sisters all play together. The outcomes can be so amazing. Yeah, I agree. I think that's so important, you know, and what a great way to spend your day, even if only some of it was spent playing with your children, you know. I think that's fantastic. So that uh, wraps up our podcast today. So thanks for chatting uh, with me today, Therese. And this one is also the last in our series. So hopefully that everybody has uh, learned a lot by listening along to the various um, players that we've had speaking in these podcasts and that they've had a chance to get that valuable learning um, that's happening in those everyday home activities and routines and, and the importance of play and the importance of making, um, you know, learning visible um, to parents to families and to children as well so thanks everybody for listening thanks jackie thanks everybody bye